African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. It's that time of the morning where we bring you African Dialogue, everybody. Good morning to you. It's at 1100 hours and we're coming to you live from the SABC headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. My name is Ayanda Mkwanazi and together with Dumelo Zulu and Adrian Kenny, we'll be taking you through the next hour. Coming up on the program after the news, we're going to look at the debacle around the AstraZeneca vaccine, which uh, now research has shown that it has a 22 percent efficacy in preventing mild to moderate cases of the COVID-19 501Y.V2 strain. What is the whole, uh, um, uh, what is wrong with this vaccine? What is this debacle about? We're going to speak to our experts to just try and break it down to us in layman's terms so we understand um, where we are in terms of vaccine, where we are in terms of administering the vaccine. Uh, We are now told that uh, government has procured the Johnson & Johnson and that that will be administered sometime before the end of February. So really where are, where is South Africa when it comes to um, administering the vaccine and with the setback uh, what are some of the consequences that will come with that? Thank you to Anne and the news team. And let's uh, get on with our program today. Well, South Africa's health minister, Zuelim Kize, says that the rollout of South Africa's COVID-19 vaccination program will be tweaked to include an implementation study. This comes as research shows that the AstraZeneca vaccine has 22% efficacy in preventing mild to moderate cases of the COVID-19 501Y.V2 strain. Last week, President Sol Ramaphosa received one million doses of the British drug with hopes of rolling it out to health workers later this month. Well, to help us with this very loaded discussion, uh, to really understand what it means on for layman and layman's terms and uh, the complications as well, uh, the consequences of these delays, uh, if they've got any uh, repercussions. We're joined on the line by Professor Kirtan Deda. He's the head of the Division of Pulmonology at the University of Cape Town and Hrutteskir Hospital. He's also the principal investigator at the uh, University of Cape Town's Lung Institute trial site for the Oxford COVID-19 vaccine trial. We're also joined by Emeritus Professor Guy Richards, uh, who's a critical care and pulmonology expert. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Hi. Thank you. Mm. Uh, Professor Kirtan, let me start with you. What went wrong with this vaccine? Um, Well, I think the bottom line is as... uh, you know, many of the listeners would have heard on Sunday and the news in the last couple of days uh, is that the uh, AstraZeneca uh, vaccine uh, was found in a study to have uh, little efficacy against mild to moderate disease. Uh, We don't know about severe disease. And how this all kind of came about is that um, with the information available at the time uh, to the Department of Health, the AstraZeneca vaccine uh, looked uh, pretty good. Uh, it had a good efficacy. And this is when arrangements were made to acquire this vaccine. And the over a million doses were delivered, and these were supposed to be given to essential workers. 
And what happened in the interim uh, is that in the South African arm of the study, an updated analysis was done. And it was found then in that in, with this variant that we have in South Africa that the uh, efficacy of this vaccine was suboptimal. Uh, it was only in the region of about 20%. Uh, but the important point to note is that uh, there were no cases of severe disease. So we couldn't answer that question in the South African arm of the trial because this was part of a much bigger trial and a larger analysis. So th th that's really how all this came about. And um, the question is, where do we go from here? You know, I remember there were times when there were these questions that were asked to, to the health ministry in terms of the efficacy. Will it uh, match the strain that we have in South Africa? Would you say that there was a bit of oversight on the part of government or they wouldn't have known until it was in their hands and they'd done the tests again? No, I, I don't think. I think it would be unfair to say that, as I already said. Uh, at the time, you know, doing the, one has to look at the arrow of time and the rapidly changing landscape. Uh, it takes weeks uh, to arrange all these things. Uh, you know, suddenly making a decision and transporting vaccines doesn't happen overnight. So at the time this decision was made, based on the available evidence, uh, it appeared that the AstraZeneca vaccine uh, would work reasonably well. There are a number of other considerations, uh, including the cost. Cost is a major factor, and that is, uh, in terms of the other vaccines, substantially lower in cost it's also a very user-friendly vaccine. Uh, I won't go on into. I won't go into all the factors that we take into account, but there are all these considerations that one has to take into account. So, based on all these factors, when the decision was taken, I think it was a very sensible uh, decision. Of your, of course, in the interim, new developments have occurred. Right. So we now know that with the variant we have, the strain that we have in South Africa, that's different. Uh, this variant is now been found um, uh, to have been detected in many other countries but not to the scale that it is present in South Africa. So, uh, I, uh, I mean, I think it would be unfair to say that, uh, you know, they, they made the wrong call. Emeritus Professor, what are your thoughts just with regards to what is happening now um, with the halting of, this, uh, of, of, of administering this particular vaccine? Well, I think it's reasonable. As Kirtan has said, uh, we don't know, in fact, whether the uh, AstraZeneca vaccine will protect against uh, more severe disease, particularly because it was performed in young patients with ages of about 31 years, mean, um, and all were healthy and HIV negative. So we don't really know on that small study of 2,000 uh, people whether, in fact, it would protect against severe disease. There is some evidence that they might, it might protect against severe disease because the antibody profile that is generated is much the same as other vaccines such as the Novavax vaccine which appeared to protect against uh, more severe disease. We'd know more in the future. Having said that, because we don't know, it's reasonable now to consider other vaccines and the other one which is on the table shortly um, should be the Johnson & Johnson, uh, the Janssen vaccine, which um, has 85% efficacy against severe disease um, and that really is what we're aiming at. We're aiming at saving lives and decreasing the number of people who end up in hospital. So we still need to vaccinate all the people, uh, as many people as we possibly can, um, and we need to use one that we know, in fact, is going to be efficacious. And I'd just like to add in here that some people have interpreted the halting of the AstraZeneca vaccine to mean that there is 
a uh, some sort of harm that could occur if you take the vaccine, mm. and that's not true at all. There is no harm associated with the vaccine. It just is potentially not as efficacious as other vaccines that will be available to us. I think another thing that we need to get clarity on, Emeritus Professor, is even if there's a halt on administering this AstraZeneca, can it be used at a later stage? Definitely, and there is also there are also ongoing studies in terms of using um, different vaccines um, as boosters. So we don't know for certain as yet, but it's quite possible that if we use these vaccines and then boosted with another of the types of vaccines when they become available, instead of giving a second AstraZeneca vaccine, that you may get uh, an enhanced uh, efficacy uh, in that way. Let me come back to you now then, um, Professor Kierton, with the minister already indicating that we'll be using the, the Johnson and, John- and Johnson vaccine. What are the clear differences that we know between the Johnson and Johnson and the AstraZeneca? Yeah, so as uh, Professor Richards had already pointed out, uh, we have, uh, well, the first thing to say is that we need to remember that we're talking in the context of the variant, the B135 variant or strain that we have in South Africa. And uh, what we do know is that the, uh, well, the first thing to say is that all vaccines, well, the three vaccines, the Novavax vaccine, the Johnson & Johnson, and AstraZeneca. So if you look, there's a number of vaccines, and they all show reduced efficacy uh, in South Africa against mild to moderate disease. So it's not just one vaccine. Uh, what we do have data on is severe disease with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, as was already outlined now by Professor Guy Richards, uh, about 85% protection. And he alluded to the sort of antibody profiling. And also a similar, they they fall in a similar class of vaccines, sort of vector-based vaccines. So uh, based, uh, I mean, it's speculative, but I think it's it's reasonable to assume that we would get uh, at least some uh, protection, uh, you know, I'm guessing somewhere between 50 and up to 85% with the AstraZeneca vaccine. Uh, and, but the question, that's the, that's the information that we really need to gather now. And so while the, uh, you know, uh, uh, J&J vaccine is being used, mm-hmm. uh, there's a proposal that the AstraZeneca vaccine uh, be given to at-risk people uh, on a voluntary basis. That's just a proposal that's being put forward and there's ongoing discussion and we can then monitor uh, hospitalization rates in that group and get some idea uh, of, 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 of uh, efficacy against severe disease. Uh, this is quite important because we need to bear in mind that uh, even with the J&J vaccine, uh, you know, and uh, we're going to have limited supplies. Uh, we, it's unlikely that we'll have enough vaccine in a short space of time to vaccinate everyone that we want to vaccinate. Uh, the, it's also important to bear in mind that um, the majority of the vaccine stocks assigned uh, to come to Africa, in fact, uh, you know, for example, through the COVAX facility is this uh, AstraZeneca vaccine. And so it's very important that we get data now going forward on the efficacy of this vaccine in severe disease.
That's the voice of Professor Kirtan Dieda. He's the head of the Division of Pulmonology at the University of Cape Town and Huetiskir Hospital. He's also joined on the line by Emeritus Professor Guy Richards. He's an expert on critical care and pulmonology. Let's go for a break because I know we have to let go of you, Emeritus Professor, in the next five minutes. And we'll just bring in uh, Professor Lynn Morris from the National Institute for Communicable Diseases. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective on the coronavirus. Coronavirus is a disease that causes respiratory illness like the flu with symptoms such as a cough, fever, and in more severe cases, difficulty breathing. You can protect yourself by washing your hands frequently, avoiding touching your face, and avoiding close contact one meter or three feet with people who are unwell. If you suspect to have contracted COVID-19, contact the relevant health authorities in your area. Keep listening to Channel Africa. The African perspective will keep you updated on the latest on the coronavirus. In each and every one of us, there is a purpose and grace. We were all meant to shine. It is up to an individual to realize that purpose. Don't ever let somebody tell you. You can't do something. Join me, Amanda Machaga, on Life by Design, where I will be talking to people who share their journey on how they discovered their purpose with the hope to inspire you to, to live, live your life, life by, by design. design. Tune in to Life by Design for your dose, dose of, of Monday, Monday motivation, motivation every Monday at 8 a.m. Central African time and at 2 a.m. the following day. Life, life by, by design, design, be the architect of your life. life. Only on Channel Africa, be African, be African perspective. perspective. Welcome back to African Dialogue. We're looking at uh, the vaccine uh, debacle or a bit of uh, the commotion around the administering and the delay of the administering of the AstraZeneca vaccine. We're now joined on the line by Professor Lynn Morris from the National Institute for Communicable Diseases. Uh, Thank you so much for giving us time, Prof. Yes, uh, good morning, and thank you for the opportunity. Let me just wrap up with uh, Emeritus Professor Guy Richards uh, here, because I have to let him go in in the next few minutes. Professor, you know, it's evident that the priority for vaccine procurement and distribution was to first world countries, and Africa is already behind in uh, in this regard. What does this latest data on the AstraZeneca vaccine mean for further delays on the continent? Well, I think we still can go ahead and and order. One of the reasons, in fact, that we did not have access early was because of delayed ordering uh, on our part. But the uh, access uh, will need to be um, hastened as far as we possibly can because the more patients that we can actually vaccinate, the more likely we are to spread, to decrease the spread of the disease. It does mean that because of the fact that these variants are developing in multiple countries, that the vaccine will have to be modified as time goes on. And already many companies such as AstraZeneca and Moderna and others like that are modifying their vaccines so that they will be more effective against the various variants which have uh, arisen. We don't like to call it the South African variant because we don't call, call the disease the Chinese disease. Uh, we would uh, rather that it be uh, called the variant which was first identified by scientists in South Africa. Um, But we do need to get a decent name for it because people are not going to remember to say um, 501YV2. It's a bit difficult to actually roll off the tongue. 
but we will need a, a decent name which doesn't stigmatize South Africans. And that's the voice of Emeritus Professor Guy Richards, an expert in critical care and pulmonology. Thank you so much for Thank giving you. us your time. Right, fine. Professor Lin, just for your information, we're also joined by Professor Kirtan Deda. He's the head of the Division of Pulmonology at the University of Cape Town and Khotiskir Hospital. He's also the principal investigator at the UCT Lung Institute trial site for the Oxford COVID-19 vaccine trial. Professor Lin, we're just uh, speaking with the gentleman in terms of looking at um, what went wrong here with the extra um, uh, the AstraZeneca vaccine and you know if, if, I, if I may ask you in terms of the delay now what are some of the consequences in delaying the administration of this uh, vaccine? Um, thanks so much so first of all just to say it's not that anything um, went wrong it's actually that we could never have anticipated this um, you know that that uh, basically a virus that has become resistant to some of our vaccines would arise. And just to say that, you know, it's really because of the the good surveillance that we have in our country that we were able to pick it up uh, ahead of time. So it's, um, you know, this virus has been, um, you know, throwing us curveballs right from the the start. And this is certainly another one. And, you know, I think, um, uh, you know, our, our government needs to be commended for, you know, to putting this temporary hold on it, let's think about it and uh, and decide where to next. Um, because because it's very clear that the AstraZeneca vaccine will not prevent mild disease. Um, um, I, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, in other countries shown to prevent severe disease. So there's still a role for the AstraZeneca vaccine in South Africa. But we need to still talk around that and obviously, you know, target how we're going to administer that vaccine. And then in the meantime, you know, some additional vaccines are coming on board. Uh, the J&J vaccine, some of you will have heard about, uh, and the Pfizer vaccine as well is likely to come to South Africa. So, so yes, it is a bit of a delay, but, you know, the vaccine program is still on track and obviously is a critical program for our country and for the world to get on top of this pandemic. Mm. How long does it take to find the right vaccine here, Professor Lin, considering the process and the steps that uh, are taken? Yes. So, um, you know, the, the, the speed at which these uh, COVID vaccines have come online is, has been phenomenal. Uh, you know, in, in a year, we've, uh, we've got seven licensed vaccines. Um, you know, that's just unheard of. Um, but, you know, as I said, it's, uh, we were targeting the earliest variant. And so, um, you know, we hadn't anticipated that we were going to have to keep updating the vaccine. You know, perhaps, you know, in retrospect, we should have anticipated that because viruses do this all the time. And we certainly know that flu does it all the time and we have to update the, the flu vaccine every year. So, you know, the process of updating, um, you know, again, it'll be a, it's, it's, it's faster than what we normally experience because, and, and, and one of the big advantages actually is some of the platforms that are being used now, particularly the messenger RNA platform, so that's the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines, um, are very quick to change. Um, some of the other vaccines, some of the more traditional vaccines, the protein vaccines or the inactivated vaccines will probably take a little longer. Um, but, you know, the, the predictions are that before the end of the year, you know, the, the new vaccines that will target some of these variants will come online. Professor Kirtan, how far are we uh, as South Africa uh, with our own vaccine research? Um, well, I think as has been pointed out by um, the others that 
you know, we've got a fantastic research infrastructure in South Africa. Uh, we are, um, uh, uh, there have been a number of publications on uh, sequencing of the virus and picking up this um, uh, B1351 variant. Uh, so we've got an excellent surveillance infrastructure. We are blessed with a, uh, a fantastic um, uh, clinical trial infrastructure, and that's why we could do these vaccine trials, right? The J&J vaccine trial, the Novavax vaccine trial, the AstraZeneca vaccine trial. So we have an excellent uh, research infrastructure to carry out these trials. And I mean, just to reflect on, uh, you know, finding the right vaccine and uh, mm-hmm. how long could this process take? Uh, the, you know, t- t- the gold standard really is, the, is an efficacy and safety study. In other words, finding out whether something is effective against either mild to moderate or to severe disease. And that can take three to six months. Uh, running these trials is quite challenging. Uh, one has to go through a number of regulatory hurdles uh, to get the trial running, and that can take three months on its own. So these are the kind of uh, timeframes we're working on. As has already been outlined, there are new constructs already being made uh, for these new variants. And uh, the bottom line is that we will have to gather the evidence very quickly get these trials on track very quickly and find out if they're effective. It's a very rapidly changing landscape. Uh, some, uh, some uh, you know, we'd have to be make decisions sometimes based on speculation and as a best guess, uh, because at the end of the day, the timeline is set by the virus and, mm. you know, we have to work quite quickly. One of the big challenges that we face right now uh, is that we don't have very good proxy markers or tests uh, to quickly select out which vaccines uh, will perform the best. There are these uh, neutralization assays that your listeners may have heard about, and that's the ability of the patient's um, uh, the blood antibodies to stop uh, the virus infecting cells. Uh, but this is done in the context of a lab experiment. There are also other types of lab experiments involving other types of cells, such as T cells. These are different types of white cells in the blood. Uh, and this may give us some indication, as we've seen from the uh, J&J uh, data and the AstraZeneca data, we've seen that if you use these kind of proxy tests, uh, you can get some idea uh, about uh, performance, uh, you know, against at least mild to moderate disease. Uh, but uh, we've seen from the J&J data uh, and other data that even if you use these kind of lab tests, it uh, may not predict very well what may happen against severe disease. So that's one of the challenges we have, is that we don't have very good uh, proxy tests, uh, quick tests which we can do in the lab or short-term studies that we can do to tell us how these vaccines will perform long term, uh, in the long term. How important are those, uh, those tests, uh, Professor Deda? Well, as I mentioned, uh, I think it gives us uh, uh, some idea of, or what is likely to happen. And if you use the AstraZeneca vaccine as an example, uh, we saw with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine as well that the antibody profile, profiles were very similar in terms of these neutralization assays. And despite the uh, J&G, J&J um, vaccine uh, lab experiments also showing that there was some escape of the virus, it still had 85% effectiveness against severe disease. Uh, so I think they do definitely uh, have some value. And uh, in, uh, so, so, but I think we obviously need uh, better markers and predictors.
And that's the voice of Professor Kirtan Deda. He's the head of the Division of Pulmonology at the University of Cape Town and Grotteskir Hospital. We're also joined by Professor Lynn Morris from the National Institute for Communicable Diseases. Let's take our last break. When we come back, we try to wrap up our conversation just uh, as a way forward for South Africa now. What are the next steps that have to be followed? The health minister has already indicated that they'll be going for the Johnson & Johnson vaccine in the meantime. So where to from here, what do we do in the meantime as well um, while we are waiting for all of this to happen? Across the globe, every second, there's always a breaking story. What we want to achieve is a healthy and vibrant economy which can ensure full employment to our people. The government concurs with the views of the black Economic Empowerment Council report that it is now necessary to make our policies on black economic empowerment more explicit. Last May, I asked constituencies at NETLEC to discuss youth employment incentives. I'm pleased that discussions have been concluded and that agreement has been reached on key principles. We are on an ambitious drive to industrialize, to attract investment, and to create more jobs for the youth of our country. They don't have jobs. I've tried looking for a job for a year and a half now. The challenges were experience and the, the level of education which I have. Channel Africa. Hi, my name is Linda Ngumalosi, always watching Tourism Authority. You're listening to Channel Africa from an African perspective. Welcome back to African Dialogue. We're trying to wrap up our conversation here. We're speaking to Professor Lynn Morris from the National Institute for Communicable Diseases. We're also joined by Professor Kirtan Deda. He's the head of the Division of Pulmonology at the University of Cape Town and Hurtiskir Hospital. Now, Professor Lynn, we've already got an indication from the health minister that uh, Johnson & Johnson will be the preferred vaccine at the moment. What steps will South Africa have to follow from here? Yes, um, thanks for that, uh, because clearly, you know, this has been, um, you know, a disappointing uh, time for us. Um, but just to, to reassure people that, um, you know, that there is a plan afoot and that hopefully the delay will not be that serious um, because, um, you know, they, they have managed to procure some of the J&J vaccine. And so the rollout to healthcare workers, um, you know, should proceed um, as planned, um, perhaps with, a, with a, some slight delay because we do still need to get approval from our regulator. But, you know, that is still going ahead. Um, the decision around the AstraZeneca vaccine will take some time, but just mm-hmm. to say that that vaccine could actually serve a very important role, um, particularly amongst people who are at, at risk of severe disease, because we do know that that vaccine works well in other countries against severe disease. Um, and we may need to do, uh, you know, some small studies just to, uh, to, to um, you know, before we do the actual rollout of that vaccine. But just to say that the government is engaging with, with all other manufacturers as well, you know, to really um, make sure that we can reach our goal of getting, uh, you know, two-thirds of our population immunized. But let me also just say, you know, mm. that this virus, this variant, um, it's still SARS-CoV-2. It's still the virus that causes COVID-19. 
it's it's just it's it's almost like a phone upgrade. You know, the virus is con- constantly upgrading and trying to make a better version. Um, and so, but it is still fundamentally the same virus. And so, all of the prevention measures um, still work against this virus. You know, the social distancing, mask wearing, and, and hand sanitizing are all very effective against this variant. And so, we need to continue to do that um, in order to you know to really slow down the, the spread of this virus because that's, that's really ultimately what the, the problem is, is that we, we're allowing this virus to spread and to mutate. And so we need to, um, you know, to contain the, or, or to, to curtail the spread uh, of, of this virus. Professor Kirtan, what are your uh, parting shots to the, to the discussion? I mean, I think the parting shot would be, uh, as Professor Morris outlined, uh, we have a plan. Um, the J&J vaccine will be rolled out for essential workers. In the interim, there are uh, new vaccine constructs being made uh, to address this mutation, these mutations that are occurring. So those are in the pipeline. The AstraZeneca vaccine, the one we have, could play a very important role, has, has already been stressed a number of times, people at risk. And um, there are discussions at the moment about how uh, that's going to be rolled out. And at the same time, we would gather more data and information because this has major implications, not only for us, but the entire Southern African region. And I think the parting shot would be that in the meanwhile, uh, you know, we cannot stress more that the non-pharmaceutical interventions are so important, um, keeping uh, 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 out of large gatherings, um, uh, people have to wear their masks, and, you know, we had so many reports of these very large events and parties and if people are not wearing masks, they're not really taking this seriously. They're not taking social distancing and sanitizing seriously. So we've seen in several parts of the world where this is taken seriously. New Zealand, for example, a large cities in Australia where the case burden is so low uh, when these measures are followed and taken seriously by people. Uh, so that would really be my parting shot. Thank you. Just one more question, maybe to just Professor Lynn. You know, we are living in this new normal right now because of COVID and social distancing, wearing of masks and constant sanitization. Do we see a period where COVID, COVID-19 will just be, you know, a thing of the past? Um, unfortunately, I can't, I, I can't say that because it, this virus is likely to be with us, um, you know, for a very long time in the same way that, other coronaviruses that cause common colds are with us, um, you know, well, every year. Um, and then same with, with, with influenza. So it's likely to become what's called endemic. So the virus will continue to circulate. But obviously, as immunity builds up in our populations, it's going to spread less and less. Um, and so then it will just become, um, you know, sort of almost a seasonal uh, episode. Um, and, um, and obviously, if we have vaccines that prevent severe disease, you know, that's the critical thing. We want to stop people getting severely ill and hospitalized. That, that's really what's, um, you know, what's, what's important. So, um, so really, it is about, um, you know, uh, about getting the right vaccines and making sure that um, we get as many people as possible immunized in order to, uh, you know, to prevent this virus from continuing to, to mutate and to, and to spread further.
Thank you so much. Uh, that's the voice of Professor Lynn Morris from the National Institute for Communicable Diseases. We're also joined by Professor Kirtan Deda. He's the head of the Division of Pulmonology at the University of Cape Town and Hrutteskir Hospital. He's also the principal investigator at the UCT Lung Institute trial site for the Oxford COVID-19 vaccine trial. And of course, earlier on, we had Emeritus Professor Guy Richards. He's an expert of critical care and pulmonology. Thank you all so much. Great pleasure. Good. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you to those experts for giving us their time. We know that their time is very precious, uh, but we really appreciate that. Let's listen to a bit of music now before we say good morning to Nosi Zuma with the Econ News. The song says that know this about me. I have my own way of doing things. I have my own way of going out. I have my own way of coming in. That does not make me better than you, nor less than you. It just makes me me. And who I am deserves your respect.
Sema mgwena Nkita we have for you on African Dialogue today. Join us again tomorrow where we bring you another program uh, looking at it from an African perspective. We're going to do a preview of the SONA, which is expected to take place tomorrow evening. Uh, thank you to the show's producers. Thank you to Dumelo Zulu and Benjamin Moshatama. Thank you to our technical producer, Adrian Kenny. And from myself, Ayanda Mkwanazi. Cheers for now. <laughs>